DJ Pastor Happy Feet of Sight Beyond Sight Entertainment. Let's go. Let's go. All right, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, y'all here listening to Sight Beyond Sight Podcast. We thank y'all so much for always tuning in. I am your boy, DJ Pastor Happy Feet. See what happens when you get caught in traffic? (laughs) (laughs) See, now I'm embarrassed. I got my brother in the background. He over there. He's listening back then. I bet he is laughing at me. (laughs) He want me to be on your radio show? (laughs) Yeah, this is your boy DJ Pastor Happy Feet, y'all. And my co-host, Time Boogie. Yo, yo, yo. This your girl, Time Boogie. Can't forget Mr. G, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> All right, y'all, we're here, y'all, to make sure that we bring you inspiration and information. Laughter is good. Make sure that you get your laugh on every chance you get. Today's show, y'all, is brought to you today by love. Love. Love is important. Love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. Love is very important because the Bible tells us we must love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So if we don't love ourselves, then that means we can't love our neighbor. So thank you for wearing love, putting on love, walking in love, talking in love. Make sure that you love. Because love can't love nobody else. It takes a fool. To learn that love don't love nobody. This is your boy, DJ Pastor Happy Feet. <laughs> In the quiet storm. Right. This right, podcast y'all. is dedicated. Word up. <laughs> we got a great show, y'all. It's going to be talking and geared towards the young people. A lot of our young people are in and out of jail, especially our African American young men. And uh, they make up. The majority of the population in this world actually so today we're going to have a great show we're going to talk to a formal correction officer who's my sister from another mister she's not new to the show at all she is great she's an author she's a preacher she's a mama and ladies and gentlemen she is a wife okay so y'all ain't gonna say that I thought you liked this one with music. Oh, man, y'all just so... I don't know what's up. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my sister from another mister, Dr. Kimberly, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, everyone. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's so great to have you back on the show. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. She has a good radio voice. Y'all hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. And that's over the phone. Wow. Y'all, we're going to dive into the show, and we're going to get... Um, we're going to tone it down, and we're going to make sure that we continue to have fun, and we're going to do this, and we're going to talk to our young people and give them a good reason why they do not want to go behind the prison walls. And um, Dr. Kimberly is going to tell us about the um, experience and the things that she's had and give some um, insight on why you don't want to be behind bars. We'll start out by talking to Dr. Kimberly Thomas about 
how long she worked in the prison system and some of the things that she's seen when she was there. So, so should I say Dr. Thomas or Dr. Kimberly? Which one you like? Whichever you, uh, whichever you use is fine. I, I, Doc. So, (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Option C. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so how long have you worked as a uh, CO? As a CO, I was inside the the state prison system for about five and a half years. Wow, that's a long time to be working somewhere like that. Okay, and so we're going to dive into um, a couple of reasons and a few stories, if you could tell them, that uh, why, as a young person, that you don't want to go behind these prison walls. So I think I made a statement earlier that our African-American makes up the majority of the population in the prison system. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And see, in that time, I said it right, too. You heard that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sound good. All right, cool. All right, so we can start with you just by um, telling about a couple of stories about if you if you uh, don't mind a letting us know some of the things that you see when you was in there. Okay. First of all, um, let me paint a little bit of a scenario for you. I was a female CO in a maximum security uh, state prison, which was one of the worst state prisons within the state where I reside. And it was a male prison. Many times we see young men coming into the system who have aged out because of their crimes. And so they're coming from a juvenile standpoint, a juvenile mindset into an adult world. When individuals enter into the prison system, they are on display. So one of the things that is very important for our young people to realize is that when you come into the individual prison systems um, is not like you have a a private room or anything of that nature. You are actually thrown into a general population area that is populated with adult males. Um, Some of them are predators. Some of them are uh, gangbangers. There are many different many different categories of individuals that you will find within the prison system. So on the, let's say on a general gaining day where we accept inmates, you'll have inmates getting off the bus and this may be their first time, you know, ever coming into the prison system because when you're on the street, you have this persona that, you know, you're, you're the man, you're, you have all of this, um, this strength and nobody can touch you. But when you come into a a prison system, you are no longer that man. Mm -hmm. You are, you are very much vulnerable and you will be touched. It's no questions about it. It's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will be touched. And, And that's whether you want to be touched or not, you will be touched. And so, Many times when we see these young people coming off the bus, and they don't always have to be young people, they can be adult males, but the inmate population that is already currently at the prison, they line up 
along their uh, housing windows. And they're watching each and every individual that is coming through the line that is coming to their house as a new intake. And they're choosing each one that they would want to be with. They're choosing them. They're choosing them whether they're going to have them for their girlfriends or whether they're going to have them for their mates. They are choosing. And so that's one of the biggest things or one of the biggest reasons why um, our young people would want to stay out of prison because you can become somebody's sex slave. You can be passed around from inmate to inmate and have to do all manner of sex acts sometimes willingly or unwillingly. So it's, it's very important for them to think about that, number one. That's my first thing. Because when, when you think about being a man, you don't think about being violated. Right. Generally, men don't talk about being violated. But that happens a lot within the state prison system. So, so when we begin, you know, when we look at it, you have to you have to really get your mindset. You have to think about putting it in perspective as to um, a man and a woman. You know that you have men and women intercourse, men and women having sexual relations. But when you think about a male being forced to have uh, a sexual relationship with another male, this is not something that you really um really think about as being something that would happen to you. But when you come into the prison system, you have given up your your um your big boy card, so to speak. Right. You're no longer big boy. Mm. And see, and then, you know, because a lot of young people, they're coming with the mentality and with the mindset, like, um, you know, I'm all, I am all, I got to go to jail because I am nothing. You know, they they think that I'm they think that you they're some kind of punk or weakling if they ain't been to jail. Well, that's the first misconception. Because prison and jail is not somewhere that you really want to be. Many times you find individuals whose parents have no control over them, whose parents may be out living the life of Raleigh or doing whatever they want to do, and they have no parental guidance and they are being raised by the streets or even gang. Those are not, they are not being really taught the, the thing that um, is important about self-esteem. So you may think that you're, you're nothing unless you go to jail or you get some type of street creds or what have you, but that's a lie. That's a lie from the pits because every man or woman that is born, you have destiny and purpose. It is up to you to tap into that. It is up to you to take control of yourself. You don't allow anybody to label you or to make you feel less than. One thing that I often do, and I, I love to do this in a setting with young people as well as adults, I will take um, a fruit or vegetable can, take the label off of it. Mm -hmm. And ask the question, what's on the inside? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't know what's on the inside of that. That's right. So you give it your own label. That's you right. may say that this can that, that contains peas really 
um, it may contain pears in your site. So you don't allow anybody to put a label on you. You label yourself. You are the determining factor of how you want to be, who you want to be, and what you want to be in life. One thing that you have to realize, coming into a prison setting, you no longer have a voice. We tell you what to do, we tell you how to do it, and we tell you when you can do it. That's, that's from getting up in the morning, when you can wake up and, and start moving around, when you can take a shower, when you can brush your teeth, when you can eat a meal, when you can go to bed. We tell you, you no longer have that control. So if you think that being in prison is going to make you a man or a woman, because we do have females that are in prison as well. Right. Street creds. I guess that's what I should say. Yeah, street creds. I think they're giving mm -hmm. some street creds. Yeah, but that it still does not give you street creds because you like I said, you may be big boy on the street, but when you come into the prison system, you're somebody's little boy and they're your big daddy. Yeah, come on over here, the big daddy. And so you have to think about these things. Being inside the the prison system, there is so much that you see. Right. There are you see the the inmates that are coming in that inmates target because they look at them and they sense um, weakness. Oh yeah. And so they begin to they become individuals that um, you're you're going to be my slave. Mm -hmm. So if I don't use you for sex, I'll pimp you out to somebody else for some canteen. Right. Mm -hmm. So nobody think about that. So the same that I've always heard when I was coming up, and I'm quite sure everybody has, is uh, if you ever go to prison, don't drop the soap. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so I've, I've heard that thing. So that that literally is really true. Or they would have never came up with it. It is. It is to a certain degree. Dropping the soap is kind of like a myth because you don't have to drop the soap. You don't even have to be in the shower. <laughs> right. For for these things to to occur. In in prisons, we have single man showers. So it wouldn't be a matter of you dropping the soap in prison. So the thing is, when you enter into the prison system, yes, you can you are vulnerable to having someone violate you sexually. Um there is a there's another saying that I've heard many times where individuals they they uh, give up their freedom and they go to jail or they go to prison and they say that um, you trade your bed for a bunk and your woman for a punk. And in oh, so many words, that, that's kind of what happens in a lot of situations because yeah. it's a fight or flight situation. Okay. Now, I, mean, I, I, I want to try to take this uh, podcast a little serious because I'm always liable to come up and say something crazy. So just, just hold on, okay. Just hold on a little while longer. I'm trying to make sure my my personality stay in check. So does this thing happens the same in the women prisons? Yes. Okay. So the women uh, go through the same stuff in prison as men do in yes, the male prison. Do. 
Yes. So it's no difference, y'all. None. None whatsoever. We had, I think, one of the youngest inmates that I ran across when I was in the system working as a CO. I am still in the prison system, but I no longer work in the capacity of a CO. Right. But one of the individuals that I saw when I was working there, the youngest individual was about 14 years old. And he came into the state prison system at 14. A 14 year old has no business in the prison system, but because of the severity of his crime and because he had been adjudicated as an adult, he was sent to an adult prison. Right. So you can just imagine a 14 year old's mentality. First of all, they're afraid. They're scared to death because where mama had been there or daddy had been there or some adult had been there to give me some type of, you know, reassurance or some type of hope or some type of sense of security. I no longer have that. I'm here. I'm alone. I'm by myself. I have officers or adults yelling at me, telling me to do this and to do that. And I'm afraid. So I may be doing things wrong. And then here I am. Somebody's in my face. No, you need to do this. Or do you want to go to lock up? You know, get this done and do it this way or do it that way. You're not used to that. At 14 years old, that is not something that an individual is used to. This is not your mama or your daddy yelling at you. This is somebody that you don't know. This is somebody that you don't even know what type of day they're having. You don't know what type of home life they're having. You don't know if they have some crazy thoughts on their mind. You don't know. So now you are vulnerable. You're in a position now to where, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And and many people that are weak-minded and they get to the point of being afraid, they end up taking their lives. They would rather just end it all than to be in this place. So this is why it, the prison system is no place for a young adult or a young person. Right. It's no place for you. Regardless to what you may think or what they may tell you on the streets, there are many um, gangs that use young people to do the criminal activity because they feel like, okay, well, they're, you know, they're a young person. They may go to juvenile. But the crimes that some of these kids are committing are causing them to have their rights adjudicated and they're going to adult prison. And once they're in these adult prisons, their life changes forever. You can't go back to being 14 years old when you're released from prison. And that's crazy because there was a uh, shooting here in South Carolina. A 12-year-old at a school went to went to school that morning and shot another student and killed him. And they're looking to charge him as an adult at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out to be gang-related. It's the same thing that you were just talking about. Mm. Right. And that's, that just shows the mentality of these children. They have no concept of real life. When you're playing with guns, these aren't toys. No. You can't shoot somebody and think that they're going to get up and walk away like you see on the cartoons. That's not happening. This is a life. 
And right now, the way the laws are set, they are set up automatically already for black people to fail. They are set up from a prison, uh, a pipeline to prison um, system for our children coming through elementary school. It starts as early as elementary school, where if our children are not put on the right path, they do stupid stuff like that. Exactly. And it's stupid because you did not think this is a life. This is another breathing human being. So now you trade your life for their life. Weapons don't kill people. People kill people. And that is so true. Mm -hmm. But even in the gang initiation, oh yeah, it's the young people that they are using. Yeah. They are recruiting these young people. And in order for you to get in the gang, you have to kill somebody. You have to um, rape somebody. You have to mutilate somebody. You have to do something to somebody's parents or somebody's belongings. And these children don't have the mental capacity to understand that your reaction or your actions have consequences. consequences. And it, it's, a, it's really a shame that the society today allow our young people to think that it, you're not cool unless you do something cruel. Yes. Oh, I almost sound like a little poet, ain't it? <laughs> so they should listen to the song, uh, who think that Bobby Brown, uh, Don't Be Cruel. Was that Bobby? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they should listen to but that. But you know, even with you saying that, music drives our children to do a lot of mm. things that cause them to end up in prison. Good segue, ain't it? Yes. That was a good segue right there. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Because many of them, many of them listen to this hardcore rap music where these rappers are singing about, you know, the thug life or thugging and killing and robbing and all of these things and they think that that's a glamorous life oh look at him or look at her they have all this money and they're getting it like that so I can do that and they feel like they can do it and never get caught because these individuals are walking around and they you don't really take the time to look into their background and see that some of them have gone to prison too some of them have done things that have landed them behind bars as well. But it's because you enjoy the music, you, you're hyped, and that's the thing. That the music gets them hyped to the point to where they are no longer in control. When you get so hyped off of these kill your mama, shoot your daddy songs, then somebody does something that you feel is disrespectful, and that's your next move. Kill them. Absolutely. And that's the that's the degradation of society. We're no longer in a place where we can debate our disagreements. It's like I don't like what you said. Instead of let's talk about it, let's argue about it. Let's just pull out our guns and shoot each other over it. It's yeah. it, it's, it's 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 devolved that quickly to a point where yeah. when I was younger, we would disagree and we would we would talk about it. We might yell and we might argue. We might push each other. But right. the pushing and the shoving, that's gone. That's that's an afterthought. They're, they're right. carrying guns just, just because, why'd you shoot them? Well, he looked at me funny. Mm -hmm. it just, it's, it's simple things like that. And, and that's yeah. just, it's it's sad. 
It's very sad. And that's why we have to wake up because there's so much that's going on right now in the political arena where everybody is, is lawfully going to be able to carry guns. This is a ploy. And this is a ploy to take out more of us because they already see us as individuals who do not know how to act, who do not know how to have any type of uh, problem resolution skills. So therefore, if we make it to where more of them are able to just carry a weapon, open carry, it does not matter, um, you know, then they'll take each other out and we won't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. But we have to wake up. We have to be smart enough to understand that when we were coming up, and I know I'm probably well um, far above your years, um, Mr. G, but when I was coming up, we would fight. You would get your behind toe up. Whoever lose, you go mm -hmm. home, you suck it up, and tomorrow you're, you're friends again. Friends again, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, you know, and our children don't know that because we have lost the concept of a village. Yeah. We no longer have the village concept. It's about my four and no more. And that's all that everybody seems to be concerned about. Nobody is concerned about their neighbor. Nobody is concerned about when you see your neighbor's child out and you know that they should not be doing what they're doing. Nobody is to the point now where they will even speak up or say something to those children. They allow those children to continue doing what they're doing because society has caused individuals to have a fear of child abuse. When I was coming up, mm -hmm. if you did something wrong, you could have been down the road at somebody else's house, not even around your own house. You may get your tail toe up there. You say? Then and then by back the home. time you get down the road a little it. further, mm -hmm. somebody they else got you. Me. And then when you get home, you get another beat. Mm -hmm. And so we have gotten away from that. We will not stand up and be accountable. We have to first be accountable to ourselves. And we have to look at ourselves and say, who's the blame? When we see all of our young black people entering the prison system, who's the blame? Who? That's who's the really the blame? Mm -hmm. Where does the blame start? It has to start with self-evaluation. What did I do to, to help prevent the problem getting this bad? Because sometimes exactly. the worst thing to do is nothing. Yep. But then when you're that young... And you're that young, you know, there's no way that you can think for yourself mm -mm. to be like that. Now you, all that you're thinking about is now I have no more freedom. I have no more mama, no demo daddy, nobody there to comfort yeah. me as she was saying earlier. So there's no room to think of the, the consequences of later on, you know, oh, oh I, I wish I shouldn't have did that. Or this, all they, somebody, if somebody was able to have stepped up mm -hmm. in the early stages of seeing these signs and warnings. Now, you know, you know, maybe, maybe that child wouldn't have went down that road because now, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, we can't save everybody, but That's we could try our best. We are responsible for the effort, not the outcome. But if you plant That's that fine. seed early, you know, it'll grow later on. Man, I'm gonna make that decision. No, I'm not gonna do that. Mm -hmm. I can't. And do that's it. the thing. My son thought I was the worst mama in the world because. You, you don't have the, the luxury of uh, having uh, a private life or living a private life in my home. 
When you get grown, you can live as private as you want to. But I'm checking book bags. I'm checking bedroom. I'm checking under the mattress. I want to know who your friends are. I want to know where you are. I want to know their parents because I have seen these things. We live through uh, my my um, my bonus son being killed by a gang shooting. He went to prevent the his brother from fighting with someone, someone pulls out a gun and he gets killed. My God brother, same thing, gang initiation, walking into a corner store Saturday before Mother's Day and somebody just walks up and just shoots him in the middle of the street and kills him. So these are the things that our children are doing, but where are your parents? Where are your parents when, when you're out doing these things? How come your parents don't know that you're in a gang? How come they don't know? How come they can't tell that there's something different about you? Yeah, gangs are secret. There are things that you do in secret. But you can best believe when I, when my son was, was being recruited for a gang, I knew that there was something going on. I was on him like white on rice every single day. What is, what's happening? What's yeah. going on? You, you, you're different. You're different. What's happening? And see, well, with me, I have a little more knowledge because of some of the things that we do in the community as far as gang awareness. But even in that, parents, you have to pay attention. You have to know your children. Know when they're changing. Know when they they decide, when they've been a homebody all this time and so now they're, they're active. Oh, we they have a, a load of friends and they wanna go to the mall with their friends and they wanna you know go out skating or to the movies all of a sudden with their friends, friends that they didn't have before and friends that you don't know. Right, and I'm, I'm changing now. I hope I don't go to jail because they decided they want to come and start cutting grass. <laughs> Don't make nobody sense. Okay. Well, right, back that's on. enough. That's another segue right there. That's <laughs> happening because ahead. one thing about that, when you get to the point where you're in uh, prison, the the chores that you refuse to do at home that you didn't want to do at home for even an allowance, you're gonna do it for free now. Oh, you're gonna man. cut grass. You're gonna clean up everybody's uh, common area, not just your room, but you're gonna clean the whole common area. You're gonna make sure that it's swept up. You're even gonna go to the, the laundry and wash people's dirty clothes. You're gonna cook meals for people. You're gonna do all of these things and you're not gonna get paid one dime for it. Free labor for something that you could have been at home enjoying some uh, allowance for. Exactly. So. I want to move to uh, how in the world do these people, I guess they would call contraband, of getting, get these things in jail <laughs> and make these things happen the way that they happen because I've gotten a couple of phone calls from a couple of homeboys from jail that mm-hmm. I knew since when I, was a, uh, when I was a teenager. And I'm trying to figure out how in the world did you get a phone in here. I never <laughs> asked him because I don't want him to get in no trouble. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but I'm so good to hear from you. Then I could hear him saying to the partner, oh man, let me know and see you coming. Mm-hmm. I said, what's like you ain't even supposed to be on the phone. And that is true. So I don't, I don't understand how in the world 
I know I know they got the, the these things called drones now, and they can drop stuff off over the fence. Mm-hmm. But the majority—I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't. No, I think you're about to answer that. Go ahead. The majority of the contraband that comes in through the prison, it is either being brought in by visitors or by officers. And only way a visitor can bring a contraband in, they have mm-hmm. to stuff it where the sun don't shine. That is correct. Male or female. That is correct. I'll tell you a story that just came out a while ago. The guy had to go get surgery mm-hmm. in his buttocks because he had a cell phone that got twisted in it. Now, how, yeah. as a man, as a ma'am, you able to put a phone. I don't like when nothing come out of it. How in the world did you manage to put a phone in your tail, dude? Well, I have another story that trumps that story. Okay, trump it, because, man. We had an inmate that actually had a revolver Ooh. in his trunk wow. where uh-huh. he had to go and get uh, surgery to have it removed as well because it turned sideways. So, yeah, they stuck all kinds of things in places that should not have anything inserted. Yes. I'm not trying to be funny about it. I but, am. But <laughs> please tell me that gun was not loaded. Um, Actually, it was. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Actually, it was. Yes. And and the thing mm. is, you know, they have no, it's, it's as if they really have no concept of what can happen yeah mm-hmm. you crazy. you're not they're not only stuffing weapons they're stuffing drugs they're mm-hmm. stuffing all kinds of stuff and the thing about it when these things come out they rinse them off and pass them around so it's not like you are really uh being uh you're not sanitizing anything mm-hmm. you're just washing it off and you're still Passing it around for everybody. Everybody's smoking but weed. I mean, everybody's yeah. getting high. Off of- <laughs> you got that butt weed, cuz. Hey, cuz, you got that butt gas. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, but that, that, that's it's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. I mean, and you have to think about, okay, think about where it comes, how it comes in. You have a female visitor, so it came out of her. And then you have a male inmate, so it went in him right. and came out Ouch. of him. So just think about all the filth yeah, absolutely. that you're partaking of. There, I mean, there's so many things that that go on. I, I was once a member of the drug interdiction team. We traveled around the state, and we would go into uh, different prisons on certain uh, set weekends or what have you. So we would actually... We would check the visitors as well as the officers that were coming in for contraband. You have to think about some of the places that some of these people bring stuff in. You have individuals. I remember I was in an area and this this older lady, an elderly lady, she comes in for visitation and she has on a wig. So when we're there, you're going to take off your wig. Mm-hmm. We want to see what's under your wig. We want to hold your wig. We're, we're going to examine your wig. 
and we will allow you to put your wig back on. But think about the young ladies that come in and they have these updos with all these um, hairpins and all of that stuff in it. You know, mm-hmm. when when your hair's up and it's in a pinup or it's in, you know, this fantabulous style, you're going to take those pins out. And if it causes you to have to unravel to just a little uh, teeny weeny ponytail, mm-hmm. then that's how you're going to go visit. Yeah. So, ladies, if you really think that you're going to go see your boo thing in prison, you're going to get away with it, you better think again. It may happen yeah. the first visit, but the second one, it ain't finna go down like that. Gee, I want you to be honest with me, man. I want you to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. I need you to really be honest, man. You'd rather have butt weed or cat weed? <laughs> <laughs> Option C, none. Cat none. 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 <laughs> none. N-U-N-N. None. Okay. I know okay. I spelled that wrong, but hey. hey. I just wanted to get your answer, you know. I just wanted to make sure, see where you are with this. Make sure that uh, you don't ever want to deal with any contraband. No, 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 no. Okay. And and when you're talking about that, I mean, it's bad enough you're, you're, you're touching it, but then you're putting that in your mouth as well. That's not only is the drugs killing you, but you're killing yourself by the E. coli. The, the bacteria and all the fecal matter that came from somebody else, which is going in you. That's mm-hmm. it's and and like you said, they, they have the idea, and then that in that moment, the idea is great, but no one ever stops for a second to think of the consequences that could happen between having the idea and executing the idea, and things just go downhill from there. Yes. And, and Ty, don't be acting all like you baffling bears because I asked that. Say nothing. Well, yeah. They both disgust me, so. Huh? <laughs> disgust me either way. Oh, okay. Not to mention that? the chances I of the bag that. bursting. Yeah, okay. I hear you now. What did you say, G? I said, not to mention the fact of the bag bursting before you can even get it out. Exactly. That happens too. Yes, it does. Oh. Yes, it does. And, and, and I'm. I, visit a prison one time. I think it might have been a halfway house, but I visited a prison one time. And I just never liked the feeling of it. But now, as I got older, I was like, I want to just go and uh, do some prison ministry. And to uh, get that experience, and you know, if if there wasn't no prisoners, there wouldn't be no prison ministry. But you know they're building more prisons than they are schools. Yes. And home, so and the construction industry is really booming right now, mm-hmm. and they are definitely continuously to build state of the art prison systems. Uh, so we got to make sure that we are thinking twice before we act, because sometimes we react with this uh, impulsive behavior and won't even think 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 twice about what we're about to do or what we're doing. You know, so we got to take more time with our young people and really explain to them that yo, this is not the route that you would want to go. This is not the way that you want to do things. This is not the way you should do things. This is the way you ought to be because once you start going down that fast lane, you're going to end up tripping. There's a speed bump called 5 and all and the young people call them 12. Now, I still don't understand why, 
But when you see that officer, when you give that officer, especially as a individual, a young black male, it doesn't matter now, man. It, it, it doesn't matter if that police officer is white, if they're wearing blue, if they feel nervous, they're going to try to, it, it seems, everybody else seems to think that they're trying to find a reason to kill you. So you don't know how important it is to make sure that you make the best decision for the rest of your life. Now, let's get on this here because, you know, they were talking about death in the police and understanding. Do you have any suggestions on how, when you're uh, a young person of color, get pulled over by an officer, how they should act or approach or do things? Yes. Anytime, anytime we get pulled over, whether we're adults or young people, when the blue lights come on, turn on the dome light in your vehicle so they are able to see you. You turn the dome light on in your vehicle. If, um, you know, if you can let your windows down so that they have clear view in your vehicle. So there's no question whatsoever. When they approach, you make sure that both of your hands are on the steering wheel in plain sight. And you wait for them to give you whatever command. If they, they come up, they ask you, you know, for your driver's license, you explain to them, okay, my driver's license is in my rear right pocket. May I reach for my driver's license? Yeah, that's why I keep so, Right. You, you make sure that you are, are listening and even repeating sometimes what they are telling you to do. Not in a disrespectful tone. You're just saying, okay, you know, you're letting them know where your stuff is. If you're, ladies, if your, your license is in your purse and your purse is on the passenger seat or what have you, or even on the passenger floor, before you reach for any of those things, you make sure that your hand, one hand is still on the stern wheel in plain sight, and you ask them as you're going for your, look, my, my driver's license is over on the passenger seat in my purse. May I reach for my driver's license? You make sure that you're saying this. Many of the officers now, they have body cameras, and they have cameras when inside their vehicles. So it's very important. Whenever you get pulled over, the first thing you do, make sure that dome light in your vehicle comes on so that they can see you. So they know, okay, well, they, they at least are, you know, they're acknowledging the fact that I'm here. And then you pull over when it is safely possible to pull over. So preferably in the lighted area, correct? Preferably, yes. And, and now they're gonna say, "Oh, you made us. We we chasing you, and you only going no. 40, 30 miles if, an if, hour." If there is, if there is not a lit area, you turn your flashers on, and if you are able to uh, call the nine one one or what have you, just let them know that you're in whatever vehicle. There's an officer behind you. It's not a well lit area. You are trying to comply, but you want to get to a safe area to pull over. That's dope right there. Yeah. And the problem with that is that some people think, well, why I got to do all that? I ain't doing nothing wrong. Or what? No, it's for, it's, it's using common sense. It's like, it's like you said, right. making the best decision so that you don't end up in the body bag somewhere else 
are riddled with holes having to be on a respirator for the rest of your life. I know those are extremes, but it's best to just go through these things, especially if you haven't done anything. If you're convinced you didn't do anything, just take your time. Take it one step at a time. Stay calm. That's it. I've answered. Don't stay be calm. Hostile. They get hostile, then, then 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 police officers get on edge. Then they get suspicious about well, why are they on? Why are they so hostile? They got to be hiding something, right? And, and so, then and then everything just goes out of control from there, right? And now, so I want to make sure we also spread out my rights, my rights to that I have search and siege or for uh, speaking or, or to asking questions. Now, most people, first thing is, officer, let me see your license and registration. Person, why did you stop me? Don't ask me, officer, don't ask me no questions. Just give me your license and registration. Customer. Customer. Uh, Person. Yeah. Give, why did you stop me? So, what are my rights to these things to ask me so that way I can understand exactly what I need to say or do? Well, first of all, um, I'm not, uh, uh, let me put this disclaimer yeah, out Put there. it out there, girl, because I was waiting on it. Put it out there. I'm not, I'm not a police officer nor um, a legal consultant. Right. But just from my standpoint, yes. if the officer pulls you over and approaches your car and asks you for your license and registration, I would comply. I would give them my license and registration because generally the next thing that's going to come after they get your license and registration is the reason I stopped you today is. Right. But you, you can ask. You can ask, but if the officer begins to get agitated, because some of them will, and one thing that I want everybody to understand, individuals that have on uniforms, whether it's blue, black, brown, green, whatever law enforcement color uniform that they may have, they want to go home safely to their family, just like everybody else that they stop, that they encounter throughout a day. Everybody wants to go home safely. So just as many of us are nervous when we are pulled over by individual officers or, or what have you, or have any uh, contact with law enforcement, just as we are nervous and we are afraid, so are they. I've been on both sides. I've been on the correction side and I've been on the uh, sheriff's officer side. So whenever you don a uniform, you are really taking your life you know, you're putting your life at risk. Mm-hmm. We're, we're putting our life at risk when we put on uniforms. And when we go out there, we want to be able to come home and kiss our loved ones, you know, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important. If we show respect and we do as much as we can to comply with the officer, be respectful to the officer, and it doesn't matter. It takes absolute nothing from you if that if that individual is 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 rude or whatever if they're just like well don't ask me any questions blah 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 just give me your license and registration just give them your license and registration that's it all the the other questions that can come later because if they stopped you there's a record of that stop Mm -hmm. they have to call those stops in 
So there's a record of that stop. If they don't want to give you their name and their badge number or whatever, at the end of the day, when you pull off, you can always go to whatever law enforcement agency it was that, that stopped you, and you can ask for that information. You can file a complaint or whatever, but just get home safely. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Keep your cool. Be angry, but don't, don't exactly. allow your anger to escalate. Exactly. Just leave. And what you said about respect it goes back once again to what we were talking about earlier, the village concept. We live in a day and age nowadays is that don't let nobody punk you out. Don't let nobody disrespect you. Don't don't take no gut from nobody and all this stuff. We we're trying to we're trying to prove our manhood by being tough. But right. respect breeds respect. If you want it, you gotta earn it. And, and that's true. And and a lot of these stops go bad within the first fifteen seconds because they're already in the mindset of, well, they pulled me over because I'm black. I don't know why they disrespected me like this. So they already think they're disrespected. So the officer comes up and says, let me have your license. What do you want to run? And then it just goes downhill from there because there's no respect given. Mm -hmm. So it just escalates the officer. And then that further escalates and confirms, well, they're disrespect disrespecting me. And it just rolls out of control from there. We need okay. to teach our young people that you don't automatically own the world because of x y and z you want respect you got to give respect you want you want people to be nice to you you got to be nice to people don't be a pushover but still got to be nice to people we got to be nice to each other we got to respect each other for whatever they do or whatever we do and if they get out of control do your best to stay in control, stay in control. because once you lose your control <clears throat> it's done i saw a quote one day that says <clears throat> don't don't stoop to the level of other people who are below you don't stoop to their level because they're good at it and their experience will win out in the end absolutely that's definitely a good they're pulling you down to your level to their level and they're more experienced at that level because you're higher than that you're better than that so we need to act better than what we're what they think we are because right now in some instances we're proving to be true about the lost cause theory they think there's no reason for us to advance no need to worry about them. They're a lost cause anyway. And our actions just keep proving that theory. So we've got to be above that theory. We've got to disprove that theory by being who God called us to be and instead of what they say we are. going to wrap it up right here. Yeah. And we thank you so much, Dr. Kimberly, for giving us that insight and making sure that um, we speak to our young people and we're going to try to make sure that we spread this on every young person can hear it and understand what's going on and what's happening in the world how important it is to make sure that it's blessed to keep your freedom it's a good thing to keep your freedom so that's the important thing so everything that was said on today we pray that someone to be able to take it and um, apply it to their life daily and, and get and all that we get make sure that we get an understanding and neither one of us are any work in any law enforcement or to give illegal advice. So I looked at this claimant that you said earlier. So it's a good thing that we uh, put that out there because we want to make sure this is just our own personal ex um, opinions and experience that we're sharing with you guys. And similarly, we have a law enforcement on the show. So um, an, um, an officer, or someone in that field to make sure that we are here to give the advice that's needed. All right, so 
because everybody don't know the Constitution. Some don't even remember that it was written in what, 1776? So we got the, all your rights. We have to make sure that we read it because there's got a saying that if you ever want to hide something, I guess now that could be any young person these days is to write it down in the book. So it doesn't even matter what color you are now. Mm -hmm. But a black people especially, you need to learn and know your rights. Dr. Kimmy, do you want to say any last words? No, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to come on. And I just would like to encourage all of our young people to make sure that you inspire to be great. Be great. Be the best you that you can be. And that means a free you. So I just, I thank you once again for the opportunity to be able to come on and share a little insight with your audience. Thank you so much. And it's always a pleasure to have you. In the words of Russell Simmons, thank y'all. God bless y'all. And good night. You've been listening to the Sight Beyond Sight Entertainment. Let's go, Zach. DJ Pastor Happy Feet of Sight Beyond Sight Entertainment. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks for listening to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast, a podcast of inspiration and information, a production of Sight Beyond Sight Entertainment. Contact us by email at sightbeyondsight7 at gmail.com, follow us on Facebook at Sight Beyond Sight Entertainment, and on Twitter at Podcast Sight 4. This podcast is edited and produced by me, Mr. G. Sight Beyond Sight Entertainment is your home for quality, professional DJ and photography services, school functions, church events, weddings, you name it, Sight Beyond Sight Entertainment is here to help make your event special just for you. We also have studio time and give piano and drum lessons to people of all ages. For more information, contact us on our Facebook page, Sight Beyond Sight Entertainment. Call us at 864 529 5360 or email us at sightbeyondsight7 at gmail.com. Let's go. Let's go. And then we say nothing. (laughs) 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 Let's go. Let's go. In my headset, and I hear Ty a little bit in my headset. I don't hear you either. Raw? Oh, there we go. Oh, you mean the You tell me you got sold all over. Yeah, we got Take two, Brett. All right. Whenever we're ready. Yo, that is crazy. I was wondering what was going on because I couldn't hear myself either. I was like, okay, well. Maybe this. Maybe just me over here. Let's go. Let's go.
is I'm great so podcasting. <laughs> this is some great podcasting right here. I am just acting up tonight, okay? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I love you, bro. Hey, what's that? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go.